You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network as we continue our ongoing coverage of Lost, the television series. We're just not covering things that are lost because we'd just be talking about socks and shit. Um, we're here to talk about the 18th episode of the first season. Uh, it's called Numbers. Uh, first aired on the 2nd of March, 2005. It was written by Brent Fletcher and David Furin, directed by Daniel Attius. Uh, what a name that is. Good good name. Good bloke. Um, and yeah, excited for this one. It's a Hurley episode, so it's going to be a good one. Uh, my name is Ben, and what? I'm not doing anything. Uh, my name is Nora, and um, I'm a big guy. I get dehydrated easily. <laughs> That was going to be my wow, backup. My delivery on that line was terrible. Well, on both of us. We, we, <laughs> <Start again. laughs> we sounded very we Emily Jaravan. <laughs> uh, I mean, we definitely went whole hard get sick because he's great in this episode. But, yeah. Um, yeah, we were Emily Jaravan in that intro. We Emily Deravened it up. But uh, I'm excited for this one. We've, you know, Shannon aside, we're finally now ticking off the bucket list in terms of everybody that's had a. Uh, what do you call them? Flashback. That's the word I'm looking for. Thanks, Ben. Um, yeah, I, I, I like this episode. And, you know, it's kind of, it's been a long time coming. But uh, you and I both, everyone likes Hurley, don't they? Like, I mean, who doesn't like Hurley? Yeah. You're, you're a dickhead if you don't like Hurley, basically. Well, everyone, everybody hates Hurley or everybody loves <laughs> Hurley. I don't know. Um, yeah, this episode is like, they just kept holding off on Hurley. They're holding off and holding off. And, you know, everyone kind of was thinking at this point, something must be going on. There must be a reason why they're hyping this up and not giving us a Hurley episode. Because, yeah, we haven't had Shannon, but she had her little boon thing, um, the con on boon. So they were hyping it up, and, man, it delivers. Um, and, you know, I think this episode doesn't get enough credit and... I think people really need to go back and think of kind of when they first watched this, because this is before time travel and all this. This was crazy. I can vividly remember watching this episode on TV and just being like, WTF, what is going on on this show? This is crazy. This is next level. Um, So not only does it introduce a big thing in Lost history, it finally gave us that Hurley one, and uh, we're definitely on a roll with the flashbacks. So... Yeah, this is an episode that I think gets forgotten about more than it should because it really was one of the standout season one episodes. Um, and we officially have the worst Australian accent oh that we'll ever get in Lost as well. God. We'll get to Martha too, but you might get in like, like... We'll get to that. Oh, but, God, that was even um, better. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but, but this is one that finally finds that balance between good island stuff and good... Um, and good flashback stuff, which, you know, Outlaws is great, but that was kind of mismatched homecoming. So this really finds that balance, I feel. Yeah, I mean, you know, similar to kind of in our third watch coverage in in the second season when they kind of do very character-based episodes and it takes you forever to get to a Carlos episode who everyone's kind of waiting for and it just delivers so good. And that's probably about the 18th episode, two of that second season. So this is kind of very similar. It's kind of like, I guess, a beloved character who everybody's waiting for and, um, yeah, I agree with everything that you that you just said there. I mean, it's just I remember watching this one too, actually, because it's it's just fun. Like it's also fun, just like like it's so ties in with the mystery. We get introduced to the numbers, of course, which are going to play such a huge part in this show. But just the Hurley stuff is fun, kind of just with everything that's happening with him. Um, and like it's interesting you were saying, like with the acting of Jorge Garcia, like yeah, like just amazing. Like it's it's kind of like he's not 
the actor that we're kind of going on about recently with like Daniel Day Kim and like Josh Holloway and kind of just the way they are and very dramatic and very like emotive and you just really seeing there that he's got a very subtle way of being yeah. how he is, which I think plays perfectly for Hurley. So, um, yeah, I mean, and just- I, I feel like, I feel like, you know, Jorge Garcia, he's a nerd and stuff like that. Um, he has got elements of Hurley, but if you see him talk in real life, you realize I mean, I think with the fat characters, it's so easy to just think that the actor is also the character, kind of. Yeah. Um, and you hear him talk, and he's kind of different to Hurley. Like, he still, like, loves comic books and stuff like that, interacts with the fans, like, real Hurley kind of moves. But um, but he is really subtle and so underrated at times. Yeah, sometimes when he has to do, like, comedy lines and that, it's a bit more like, oh, grown, the fat guy line, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, he really delivers sometimes, not just in this episode, but later Hurley episodes. Like, that speech at the end with Russo is just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, funny as well, but also serious. And you're totally right about the tone throughout this whole episode. Is just this feels Hurley-like without it being forced. Like, this has Hurley's kind of vibe to it throughout the whole thing, even with the kind of really out-there kind of mystery type element to it so there's just a lot of good stuff in this episode but yep. yeah props to Jorge the only thing I've ever actually seen him outside of um, Lost is How I Met Your Mother when he was just in like two yeah. random like small roles and there was one they totally like ripped into him like they made a reference to Lost in it um, but um, <laughs> yeah just looking at his I, I just wanted to see oh no he was in Californication he was a drug dealer in two episodes of Californication apparently so I would have seen that oh yeah that's right with Maggie Gross right that's right yeah you're right exactly uh, so it's just it's just interesting trying to see if he's like being typecast or anything like that but <laughs> I just love the fact that he was in a uh, movie called Tales from the Crapper where he played Raccoon Head <laughs> um, the iconic <laughs> Tales from the Crapper oh <laughs> uh, yeah he's been typecast as Raccoon uh, Head um, yeah <laughs> but, or he, and, he played he Mount a, Rushmore Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was in an Adam Sandler. The Ridiculous Six. Um, I've never seen that, and I never will. But um, uh, I think he was in Once Upon a Time, and you know what we said about Once Upon a Time. Where um, lost actors go to die. <laughs> yeah, but now I believe he's a starring character in Hawaii Five O, which is kind of yes. where lost actors go to stay on Hawaii, I guess. Daniel Ian Summerhold is going, why? Why did I go to the vampire <laughs> show? I shouldn't have, just as he sold his house, Hawaii Five-O <laughs> auditions came up. <laughs> uh, um, I don't know who he plays on Hawaii Five-O. I don't know if he's typecast as the fat kind of losery type character on that. plays Jerry Ortega. Yeah, I've never really seen it. So I don't know if Jerry Ortega is light Hurley or not. But, yeah, he, he's underrated. He's subtle and he can do humour and serious stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I definitely agree. Um, yeah, when, when did... Hang on, when did Hawaii Five O start? Like, 2013. Vampire it Diaries started in uh, 2009. Oh, did I it? think because it was... Because I remember thinking, oh, Daniel Day Kemp, he's not out of work for long at all. He just started... Ended lost, started Hawaii Five O. Well, uh, Vampire Diaries started in 2009, and sadly, uh, it looks so it, it finished this year. Oh, no, Ian's out of the oh. job again! March 10th! <laughs> oh, no. It's over! <laughs> oh, we should make it our quest. To, uh, we could become Ian's new uh, agents. We've got to find that guy at job. <laughs> well, we're about two episodes away. We have to kind of memorialise him. So, yeah, we'll we'll be on the lookout for some work for Ian. Um... 
no. No. Come on. Even even Shannon did one bad thing. He he requested to go on the hunt, but they were like, No, Boone, you fall asleep again. Uh, that's his punishment. Uh, I've, I've written that down in that scene. I'm like, why isn't Boone with them? Like, why is Charlie there? Like Where's Kate? Like Kate and Boone are generally the tag ons, but now we've got good old Charlie. Anyway, um so we will also, as always, uh, combine the flashbacks with the island stuff. Um, so let's get straight into the flashbacks because it's a fun flashback. Yeah, um, Hurley's at home. He's watching TV, and we meet his mum. Oh, now what's her name? So good, Carmen. Armin. Is that Carmen? Carmen. <laughs> I was like Armin, like the nut. <laughs> Armin. Um, yeah, I like Armin. I um, love. She is great though, isn't she? Like, oh, I love her. Like, she's in all six seasons of Lost. She's really fun. She's just. I just love the opening scene when it's like, "Are you watching that short with the women in the g-string?" And it's like, "Ma, I told you if I'm living here, I gotta have my space." And no, I'm not. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Hurley watching Paul. And I just I just love her like going, It's Saturday night, why are you home alone? You should be going out meeting a girl and he's all like, Yeah, because that'll happen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he almost gets a girlfriend in his next flashback. He gets a girlfriend eventually. Uh, yeah, and then Michael comes along. Fucking Michael. Uh <laughs> But um Women don't like black people where I'm from. <laughs> bang, bang. <laughs> Fat people shouldn't have girlfriends where I'm from. Bang, 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 bang. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so he, he's looking, looking the channels, and there's our lotto girl. What's her name again? Um, Mary Jo. Mary Jo. Yep, there she is again. Uh, just in case you missed her, she's had more screen time than Boone in the last few episodes. Um, <laughs> she has. <laughs> Hurley's she won. really has. Hurley's won the lottery. Yay. <laughs> um, and fun fact, that's Carlton Q's executive producer's voice on the That's Right, Mary Jo, and this is our biggest lottery we had in 60 weeks or whatever. 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. Um, he faints. <laughs> I love how here on Lostpedia, Hurley's theme plays. <laughs> I like Hurley seeing that kind of goofy, like, ding, ding, ding. Like, yeah. oh, I can't do it. Um, so we then get the, uh, the flashback here. Uh, what am I reading in my notes? Um, anyway, I'll read this off here. I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I'm realizing I haven't written down here, but I know what happens next. Um, he's at the press. Cause like, you know, like when the lotto winners, some lottos are always like, oh, they wanted to remain anonymous. You know, obviously <laughs> Hurley's not, <laughs> he's telling the world. Um, and I love the fact that you've got like all these people there just, you know, interviewing him. And there's that little subtle scene where he, when he's like choosing who to speak to, he's like, ah, uh, you. <laughs> like, just, you know, the way he's like doing it. He's loving it. You've kind of got like those, what is the point of having like those guys in the background, like checking out, like, what are they going to rob his house or something like that? Just the way they're kind of like hanging around. Um, mentions what that the about Diego? Well, <laughs> yeah. We're rich! Like that? That's not really a character we ever hear from again. <laughs> Yeah, because he's Hurley's brother, Diego. Well, his wife is a lesbian, right? Like, <laughs> uh, what she ran off with a, a woman, I a waitress. Did you notice that? Like, it's like, oh, because he says, oh, Diego's I think it back just home. went over. I just waiter, uh, wait, waitress. They say so waitress. How do you not get the lesbian reference? Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's just always gone over my head. I just 
never even thought of it. That's I funny. think that's why she crosses herself. Why Carmen crosses herself? Anymore. Like, we will never speak of her. Like, because I think it's kind of like, you know, the whole Catholic side of things, and that's even more of a sin because she's gone and been a lesbian. So, um, I like Diego Lopez, like the most random character in Lost Ever. Speaking of random characters, Grandpa Tito's there. <laughs> oh, Tito. I love this little line, though, when he's all like, you know, oh, he's worked for 50 years and finally he's going to get a cruise and he dies. <laughs> <laughs> I just, um, I love, I've got uh, Diego Reyes, Lostpedia, it says, at the preference conference, this is literally the only thing about Diego, Hurley introduced his brother. Diego exclaimed, woo, we're rich. Hurley responded, nice dude, ignore him, he's an idiot. But hang um, on, and then, hang on, there's theories. <laughs> oh, that's empty. Diego. It's empty. Oh. <laughs> it says, Oddly, Diego never appeared or is mentioned since numbers. He did not welcome Hurley back to the US or attend his birthday party. <laughs> he also did not appear to be in contact with his recently returned father. So, Diego the dick. Oh, well, also, you look at Lisa Ray's. Uh, Lisa was married to Hurley's brother, Diego, at the time Hurley won the lottery. However, sometime later, she left Diego for a waitress. This caused Carmen to refer to her as that whore, as well as for Hurley to cite her leaving Diego as proof that bad luck is spreading around him. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love Carmen. Uh, um, but, yeah, I, I like that line. What does he say? Uh, which is, you know, the questions I guess we could put at the end, maybe. The subtle little reference where he's like, oh, I put my family through a lot recently. Um, and then, boom, Tito dies. Um, so... Rest in oh, peace, Tito. Rest in peace, Tito. Do we, do we have any uh, memorializations of oh, Tito yeah. here? <laughs> Let me see. So, Tito, um, uh, he was 70. <laughs> <laughs> he was going to retire. He died of a heart attack. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I get calling you Steve. <laughs> uh, his grandson was Diego Reyes. Um it's likely he appeared in a deleted Flash Sideways sequence. Hmm. Huh. Okay. Yeah, rest in peace, Tito. Yeah, good old Tito. Good old Tito. Um, so our next flap I've got to say, this is maybe one of these ones where we should have really tied into the... Um, the island, because this flashback starts pretty cool, the way you hear that, like, gangster rap song. Yeah. And then the way it kind of, like, it's him walking down the beach with that long shot of him overhead with the footprints, and then you kind of cut to him in the car. I just love the way they transition into it. Um, Now, now this song is kind of maybe the biggest mystery unanswered question in Lost history, because uh, fans have been trying to figure out since it aired what the song is, and it's apparently not... A song like apparently I don't know if the budget was out and they wrote their own song. This was like one of the biggest mysteries, unsolved mysteries in Lost well, history. I was going to no shazam it what when, it was, song is. when it was playing. I was going to shazam it, but I'm like, nah, I don't really want to listen to that song. So maybe then your I phone just blows up, <laughs> yeah. or the uh, numbers just pop up on the phone. It's it's Drive Shaft's uh, hidden B side. New uh, album. <laughs> it's Charlie. Yo yo yo! I'm yes, Charlie. Yes. Uh, so this song. Um, yeah, it's a big mystery. No one knows where this song came from or what it is. It's a, it's in our un- unanswered questions at the end of this episode. Um, yeah, but is, that, is that yellow car, like, was it um, in Better Call Soul when Mike's helping out that weird baseball collector card guy? Is it the same car that they've got? I don't know if you pay attention to that. The Hummer. Well, we do know that there's only, like, eight cars in Hollywood, so yeah. <laughs> the license plate's probably the same. I do like kind of just this little scene where they're like going over like talking about Lisa and all that sort of stuff but I just love the way Hurley's so subtle about it it's like Ma do you think we've had some bad luck you know there was Father Aguila he was struck by lightning 
then, you know, Lisa left for the waitress. <laughs> Just why he's so subtle about it. She's like, oh, we don't believe in curses. We're Catholic. Uh, <laughs> it's blasphemous. <laughs> um, and then uh, I love it when they pull up to, like, he's bought his mum this, you know, grand house. It's an amazing looking house. Uh, she gets out of the car, snaps her ankle. <laughs> oh, I always cringe every, I've never not watched that yeah. and cringe. Bit. Poor Carmen. Uh, why did you do that, my uncle? And then, oh, I smell smoke. Um, which, I mean, she might have a brain tumour, as we're going to learn in an episode. Um, but <laughs> the cops show up. They point the gun at him. And I'm, like, writing down, like, I don't remember this. Like, what's going on? <laughs> I'm like, what's happening? Yeah, now, now, this is kind of a fun little reference because um, uh, Hurley's arrested because they believe he's a drug dealer um and Hurley was actually first seen by the producers because he starred as a guest starred as a drug dealer in Curb Your Enthusiasm Larry David um and Californication later on he's not typecast at all yeah (laughs) so that's how they first got Jorge Garcia on their radar was like literally during casting I think it was that Curb episode aired and Hurley plays a drug dealer um so it's kind of a nice reference to that Okay, well, there you go. I learned that now. Uh, next flashback, uh, he's with his financial advisor, who is uh, Ken Halperin, I'm looking at here. He's got his own article. Um, of course he does. He's, uh, yeah, it's not a whole lot. He doesn't have any theory, sadly. Uh, <laughs> but um, So, anyway, but I, I, I kind of like this little scene here when he's all like, you know, oh, with the tropical storms in Florida, you know, you're, this went up and, oh, we've bought you a box company. A box company? Yeah, people yeah, need boxes. So, I wonder who works for that. <laughs> yeah, because I remember we talked about, like, was this a thing in the show or is it just kind of a known thing outside of the show that Hurley owns the box company? But, yeah, I forgot that it actually is in the show. So it's a neat little twist. Though. Um, we also find out that he had a shoe, a sneaker company in um, in Canada. <laughs> I had a sneaker company in Canada. Well, you did. It burnt down. Eight people died. But your money's on more. <laughs> like, I just love the way he says it. Uh, actually, just quickly, uh, Box, is it Box Squared? Box 2, the name of the company that um, Locke works for? It's got its own article. Oh, uh, I mean, I'm a lost fan, but I have no idea what that company is called. Well, it's it's got here Box with a little 2 next to it, so I'm guessing it's called Box Squared. Um... But, yeah, there's an article on it, so there you go. Um, but, yeah, so uh, he's doubled his net worth. Uh, then he's talking about, uh, you know, we also hear that, the oh, they you got to pay up from the LAPD because they thought you were a, a drug dealer. Um, so then he's, like, talking about, like, oh, maybe the maybe the money's not cursed. It's the numbers that I use from. It's like, where did you get them from? Oh, you know, just they came to me or whatever it is. Uh, and then he's like, there's no such thing as, and then you see a person falling behind. <laughs> I always now, thought that was Locke. I always kind yeah, of thought the, that was... Uh, the amount of people who thought that that was supposed to be Locke um, through the window. I don't know if they intended that to be Locke or that it was always supposed to be a rando, but, yeah, a lot of people thought that was Locke. Yeah, well, it's clearly not. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I just, I just like randomly when he's falling down, it's funny. Uh, so, anyway, so next uh, flashback, he is in a hospital, which we then can see in the background as a psych psychiatric, uh, like a mental health place. He's trying to find somebody called Lenny. This woman's obviously her first day on the job because she doesn't recognise a former patient. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> uh, and he's trying to see someone called Leonard. Oh, who? Leonard who? You don't know his last name. Um, and then we've got a guy in the background putting a light bulb up. <laughs> Dude, do not do that right now. Like, 
Like, why does this guy listen to Hurley? Like, he's just kind of like, oh, okay, sorry. Well, <laughs> I mean, he's lucky it's a mental hospital. Otherwise, if this was a normal hospital, he'd be like, what? No, go away. But it shouldn't, work. It, shouldn't it be the case of being a mental hospital where, like, you just don't listen to the patients because <laughs> they're mental? <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, but then... Well, uh, slightly unpeaceful. Well, you know what I meant. Um, but... <laughs> It's it's all good. I'm mental. It's all good. Uh, but they had uh, the doctor shows up. This guy, oh, Hugo, good to see you. Then he just lets him <laughs> in because why not? And then we meet Lenny, and there he is. He's playing Connect Four. I love Leonard too. Do you like Connect Four? Uh, yeah, it's alright. Yeah, there's, there's a better board game in the next episode. Um, but <laughs> do you like Mousetrap? Uh, <laughs> But uh, he's asking him about the numbers. Do they mean something to you? Uh, and he's just he's saying them over and over again. Then he admits to him that he uh, played the numbers to win the lottery. This wakes old Leonard up. He's like, you shouldn't have used them. You know, it won't stop. Uh, you open the box. And it's like, oh, is this a box company? Uh, then he gets, <laughs> he gets dragged out. And then he tells him that the numbers are in... Cal Gould, how does how does he pronounce it? Uh, it's not even pronounced correctly. I've written it down here somewhere. Um, I don't know where I've written it, but he just anyway. They say it wrong. They say like Cal Gooly, or the way they say the word. It is not how you pronounce it. It's Cal Gooly, everybody. Um, just just to kind of um go in over Australia. that. Australia, Cal yeah, yeah, in Australia. Uh, like, you couldn't have Googled that. Like, because how many other... Oh, Kalgoorlie. Oh, in France. Oh, right, okay. Shit, wrong one. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, there's only one house in all of Kalgoorlie, isn't there? Like, just one house. Uh, so he shows up to this woman's house. Well, What's her name? Martha? Martha, too. Why did you say uh, that name? Sorry, just reference to our Batman vs. Superman episode. <laughs> but is this Kalgoorlie? Because I always assumed it was, but now watching the... This time, for the umpteenth time, she says, that's why we moved out here. It is. Cal- he Gooley. wanted to get away from the numbers. Oh, of- well, it's like, it's, I mean, it's a real town. I mean, it's it's on Lostpedia and it takes you to the real town, but I mean, it might no, be. No, but outskirts. I mean, like, right now, like, did they move from Kalgoorlie? Well, I mean, Kalgoorlie's kind of in the middle of buttfuck nowhere in Western Australia, so this might be like an hour, you know, like half, like where the shrimp shop is compared to Sydney, like, you know, it's just on the outskirts or something. Martha like. runs a shrimp stand. Oh, Martha. Let's start off with the line. This oh, man in the middle of nowhere, I'd say you were lost. <laughs> she is so bad. Now, she like, is officially the worst Australian accent we'll ever get on this show. You, you, you've seen the Simpsons episode where they go to Australia. This reminds me of that. The it's way worse she's, than that. But this is how she sounds. She sounds like the Simpsons characters doing Australian accents. Um, it's got like... It's you got, must be Lenny's friend. <laughs> it's got like a mixture of like the UK with New Zealand, basically. Um, and there's no Australian in there. There's no Australian. There's no Australian. Australian. <laughs> like you, like, I don't care if you like have been here. We've lived here our entire lives. We're Australian. I've never, ever met somebody who sounds like that. Um, Maybe in Kalgoorlie. Yeah. She's Amer- I've just looked her up here. She's American. What a surprise. Uh, Jane a, Taney. Yeah, I remember seeing her in a show a few years ago, and I'm like, oh, there's her mother. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you're lost. Um, the TV show. La- <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is where she, like, nudges him. You look like you're lost. Nudge, nudge. <laughs> Roll credits. Um, so her, he's looking for Sam. I like this scene, 
she's oh, yeah, horrible, yeah. but I love this scene. Um, we, we learn about Sam Toomey. He had the numbers about 16 years ago through a radio broadcast uh, when they were stationed with um, Leonard um, near the Pacific. What does she say? Like, oh, that must be Lenny. How is Lenny? <laughs> It's like, oh, he's uh, retired. Uh, <laughs> well, now here's my, you know, I wish I had more crackpot fan theories in Lost, but I never really had crazy theories or anything. But my kind of crazy theory that can't be proven or can't be disproven is I think that Sam Toomey and Leonard Sims worked for the Dharma Initiative. Well, they could have. Talks about the South Pacific. They were stationed at stations. She heard the transmission. That's where Rousseau heard the transmission from the island. I oh, think that they were sense. Dharma members. Yeah. And I they mean, talk about serving and stuff like that. Dharma's kind of a bit military-based. So, yeah, I, I kind of wish they brought that twist in. That would have been neat, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, I believe that. Let's go with that. That's officially canon. I mean, we can't prove it, but we can't... (laughs) We can't not prove it either, so (laughs) it's it's there. Uh, I think it just fits too well for that not to be a thing. Yeah. Well, he mentions about the... uh, they uh, Sam used the numbers in a... What is it? Like a a, a cattle competition? Guess the beans. Guess the beans. No one ever been that close (laughs) to them in 40 years or whatever the hell they said. I don't Uh, get what she said. She's like, he's been running that scam for 40 years. How is it a scam if... If there's got the if there is a the number of beans and Sam Toomey got it, it's not a scam. It's just people didn't get right. People in Kalgoorlie are dumb. <laughs> like, how is it a scam? It, it seems fair to me. Guess how many, and you get the thing. And like, <laughs> I've done those competitions. I've gone to things and like guess the jelly beans, and you you win like a I don't know a Woolworths voucher or like a fifty dollar gift card for something <laughs> like. I don't win $50,000. Like, I mean, that's, that's <laughs> something that everybody wants to enter. Um, that, the answer was exact to the bean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's such a mysterious scene there in the middle of the outback, but just her accent is just the worst thing ever. They get, um, and she tells a story about how they were driving home and a, a truck hit them. Uh, she lost a leg. That's how we lost me leg. Uh, and he had barely she a scratch on him. Ray Mullen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then clearly she kind of references that it's the opposite. He didn't have bad luck. He obviously was very lucky. And he basically ended it by putting a, a gun to his mouth. Uh, oh, yeah. Curse? Uh, there is no curse. To... You make your own luck. <laughs> I love that, though. Did, like, did he ever find a way to break the curse? Yeah. Uh, he did find a way to stop it. Put a shotgun in his mouth and pull the trigger. <laughs> like that's just dark. I think uh, that yeah, to kill himself to stop this crazy kind of curse thing going on. Um, and then yeah, you make your own luck, Mister Reyes. That that kind of becomes a kind of motto or recurring motif for Hurley. Is you make your own luck. Well, um, what I like about Hurley is that like he. I mean. It's kind of interesting when they say that whole, like, oh, yeah, he put a gun in his mouth. And kind of like that obviously freaks Hurley out because his kind of thing is he's kind of got that lock bit about him where it's like, you know, don't tell me what I can't do with him. It's like, don't call me crazy. So, like, it's kind of, uh, you know, like later on, obviously, when we get into what was it, season four, season five in the the future, essentially, when he's back in the mental hospital, um, it's kind of, you know, he's always got this thing about him where he's people are calling him crazy and he's there and he's just not completely mentally sound. But I, I, I like that about Hugo, that you've kind of got that part of his character that you, I feel, you know, bad for this guy that, I mean, he's got these numbers, he's won a lot of money, uh, he's having bad luck, but at the same time, he's not having bad luck because as we find out, he's actually kind of lucky. So, like, it's usually those around him that are having the bad luck, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's, well, that's the point. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just this whole flashback because you know we've talked about the scenes, but I feel like we've almost glossed over. This was just so weird. Like, yeah, they were saving something big, and then oh, Hurley, this is unexpected. Like, oh, the one person you'd think would be the poorest person on the show would be Hurley, and he's the richest person on this island. Um, and they've alluded to it in the past, but. It was just so weird. There's these numbers, and then they bring bad luck, and people are shooting themselves to get away from it, and it's just... This was just so out there, and this was crazy. Um, And this really took the show to the next level. This was probably really the next thing since Lock was in a wheelchair, the next kind of absolutely mental out-there type thing on the show. Oh, it's a great Um, balance, isn't it? The, The fact that you've kind of got this, like you expect a little bit of fun and quirk from Hurley, like, from his flashback. Like, you got to expect a bit of silly. But, like, it's not to the point, like, you know, like, I guess you might... You don't know what to overall expect from this guy because, I mean, you could maybe lump him in, like, the Boone category. And this is a silly comparison, but, like, you know, we obviously talk with Boone that what more can they do with him? Like, there's nothing they can do with him. Hurley, yes, is a bigger character, no pun intended, than Boone. And, like, he's more prominent throughout this. But, like, at the same time, if you're watching this for the first time, are you really assuming Hurley's going to have more of a connection to these theories on the island than someone like Boone? Kind of, you know, like, just... It's kind of... I love how they do it. And I love how, like, even when they start this off, and all you're getting is, like, him just looking at the numbers, then he's won the lotto, you're like, oh, yeah, quirky Hurley, and, oh, he's just having a bit of bad luck, haha, <laughs> it's funny. But then all of a sudden, when he's seeing Leonard, and it's all like, oh, shit, like, hang on a minute. And then, like, he's, you know, we get this sort of brief connection of why he's in Australia, and then kind of just how it all is and then how it ties into the island stuff when he meets Rousseau. Like, it's just... And, like, Hurley, like, he basically comes on to be the biggest hero of this entire show in some way, doesn't yeah. he, by the end of it? Like, he's kind well, of... He's the chosen one, basically, isn't he? So, like, it's kind of... It's just the way it happens and the way, like, you don't expect it from this guy. And that's what I love about Hurley's character, his entire arc, and how this show does this so well that you're not expecting this from this guy. That's what I love about this is... That, yeah, he really is one who has one of the biggest connections to the island and the overall mythology. Um, yeah, the numbers didn't really go the way um, people maybe thought it would. But, you know, of all the characters, he always had this connection to the island. So it's so great to look back on it um, now, knowing how the show ends and saying, oh, from day one, he really was kind of a bit more special. Um uh, so yeah, that's really cool. I think, and I love that scene between him and Martha, even if she's terrible. Like it's just so mysterious and so like menacing. Um, but I guess. Uh, and it, did you notice that ended really soon in the episode? The last flashback was like twenty four minutes in. Or yeah, like, I mean, I'm just looking at my notes here and just realised I'm like, I'm sure there's another flashback scene after that, and I'm like, uh, oh nope, there isn't. Um, but, so um, yeah. I think- before we go into the island, uh, are you done? I'm done, Noah Groves. I am done like a dinner. <laughs> I think because the problem with the numbers is I feel like we should talk briefly about the numbers because um, this was a huge... This was the water cooler moment. Everyone was talking about the numbers. What are the numbers? More so than the hatch, maybe. Well, maybe not. 
Um, and they really got themselves into trouble because people going to this show thought Lost was going to be a show that just answered everything. And they thought there was going to be like a big twist on the last episode that really changes every way you look at everything. They thought we were going to get some big conspiracy. The problem is there is no way you can answer the numbers. Like how in the name of hell can you ever come up with an answer that people are going to be happy with? It's just impossible. Um, which is why, and- which is, sorry to interrupt, but which is why it annoys me when people go off about the ending of this show, because this is a show that, how do you end this show? There's a million ways you can end this show, and we got the ending that we got. Okay, it hasn't satisfied everybody's taste, but this is a show where there's ultimately no satisfactory ending, and it's always one of these ones that kind of is left, you know, open. And they say, oh, Lee, it doesn't answer this, it doesn't answer that, at least questions like that. But again, Lost is a show that, as we've gone over, is it's not perfect. It's going to have areas where they're not going to cover everything. But to me, as I keep saying a hundred times over, and you agree with this, like it's a show that never gets as much credit as it does for being so good in covering a lot of these things. And one thing that I've watched sort of in between episodes is, you know, that fun little recap video that they did before season six with the, like, everything that happened in Lost in eight minutes and 35 seconds. And, like, if you're watching that, and you've never watched Lost before. You're like, oh, holy fuck, what the hell is happening in this show? It's like they've crashed and then there's time travel and he's moving the island and, you know, it's all this sort of stuff. And it's it's so weird and wacky. But, like, this is the thing where it pays to watch this show in quick succession and a lot of this just makes sense. So, yeah, I'm with, I'm with you. Like, how can you accurately explain these numbers? Yeah. Like, aliens came down and gave these to Jacob. Like, everyone would have gone, oh, that's shit, that's terrible. Like, it doesn't matter what they would have said with it. And that's why, like, it's good. You've got to have mysteries like this sometimes kept open. But the thing is, like, we talk about Lost not being perfect, but I think this, with the numbers, is a completely even different situation where, from the get-go, look, I think they made a lot of it up as they went along. I think they had a lot of it planned. Some people say, oh, they had it all planned or they made it all up. You know, the reality is it's a bit of both, and don't pretend otherwise. But this, I don't believe they had anything for. Um, And here's the thing. You can explain the background of the numbers, which I'm about to do briefly, but there's no way you can ever explain the mystery behind, like, why they're cursed. You just can't do it. Like, there is no answer. Like, even, as you said, aliens came down and did it. That would only lead to a 100 more questions. Um... And so this is interesting. This is a 2008 interview. So 2008 is season four of Lost. So I think this was even before season four had aired. And he says, there are, this is Damon Lindelof, executive producer. There are some questions that are very engaging and interesting. And then there are other questions that we have no interest whatsoever in answering. We call it the midi-chlorine debate. Because at a certain point, explaining something mystical demystifies it. To try and have a character come and say, here is what the numbers means, actually makes every usage of the numbers up to this point less interesting. Totally agree with that. Um, I know some people are going to say, yeah, that's a cop-out, that's a cop-out, and they'll have videos like exposing Lost, and here's the interview where Damon Lindoff gives a cop-out answer for the numbers. I completely agree with him. I'm sorry, I don't agree with Damon Lindoff on everything. I absolutely, if you explain this it's going to be a dumb answer. It really is. And I love this mystery. Yeah, at the time, in 2005, when I watched it, I was going, oh, my God, what do they mean? What is it? What is it? What is it? But as time goes on, I'm really glad they never gave us a big proper thing. Um, 
And he goes on to say, you can actually watch Star Wars now, and when Obi-Wan talks about the Force to Luke for the first time, it loses luster, because the Force is being explained as sort of little biological agents that are in your bloodstream. So you go, oh, I liked the Obi-Wan version a lot better, which is the case in our show, is the numbers are bad luck, they keep popping up in Hurley's life, they appear on the island. But if you're watching the show for a detailed explanation of what the numbers mean, and I'm not saying you won't see more of them, you'll be disappointed by the end of season six. Mm. And I feel like, I know I'm going on, but I feel like we should have this debate now and then we don't really need to talk about the numbers too much later on in the show. But um, I feel like they were at this point where they couldn't say this. This caused so many back, so much backlash when he did that interview because Lost got its stuff into this situation, itself into this situation where it was presented as a mystery show. It's a character show and a mystery show. Um but it got itself into the situation where people were so mad if they weren't going to answer things. And if they even said for a second, oh, we don't plan on answering that, they got so mad. All The fans were like hounds. Uh, it would have been even worse in the era of social media. Um, hmm. But basically, this show could not do mysteries that were just mysteries and never had answers. And Damon Lindelof next showed The Leftovers. Um, he basically said from the get-go, this is a mystery show where you're getting no answers. He just said it from the get-go. This is about letting the mystery be, um, which Leftovers fans will get that reference. But he, he like, he liked playing with the idea of there's just some things in the world that we'll never get explanations for, like things like the afterlife and that. We'll never know what happens when you die and stuff like that. This is a real-life thing. Sometimes there are answers to things. Um so I've got more about the background of the numbers, but if you have anything just to add on that kind of debate of the answer for the numbers or anything like that. Well, I think you summed it up there. I mean, life is just filled with these things anyway. Like, I mean, you know, as human beings, we want to be able to have everything explained to us. You know, we want to have an answer for everything. Um, and that's just not possible. Um, so I think it's kind of like the Locke versus Jack side of things, you know, like faith versus science and stuff like that. You know, you're going to have people out there who are adamant that everything has an answer and everything can be explained. And, you know, I, I'm maybe probably more into that category of things. But at the same time, you know, you can't deny there are certain moments in your life that you just can't explain. So it's kind of, and yeah, you're right, like you'll never have answers for everything in terms of things like, well... I'm I'm an adamant atheist. I know what happens when I die. I'm dead. I don't know that. I could die and then, fuck, there's Jesus. Like, oh, fuck, I was wrong. Uh, <laughs> of course, with me, it's going to be Satan, clearly. But, you know, like, it's just going to be like, oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. G'day, Satan. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, it's yeah. just, you just don't know. Uh, so, like, I think kind of, I can get fan frustration. I absolutely can get it. Um, but, I mean, it's a show that kind of builds itself around mysteries and questions and answers and you know it's just it's it it's it's kind of one of these shows that people are going to be quick to go on and say oh well they didn't do this but they did this and they did that and just sometimes in this life you've got to take things for just what they are i mean like yeah we're here analyzing every little bit of it we're going to nitpick at things like so i guess we're kind of a bit hypocritical in saying that but at the end of the day, I mean, this is a very well tightly put together TV show that has fans, and the fact that we can sit here and debate and there are people arguing over it, I mean, you know, that's what Damon Lindelof cares about at the end, doesn't it? It's like, well, I've got, you know, millions of fans that are debating this. I've got my point. It's a successful show that allows to have this debate. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I agree with everything that you say, and, you know, uh, there are still going to be people who are listening to this who are going to be screaming and it's going, oh, you're so full of shit, you don't get it, you're going to have an answer for this, you're going to have an answer for that. Well, 
Yeah. Again, it's life, you know? <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, I think the midichlorian thing is so so fair in this case because to me the number is so much more interesting than what the possible answer for the number would be. Um, but I do have a bit of an answer for the numbers, uh, but just quickly, I've got this book with Nikki Stanford. Here were some of the theories at the time about numbers. Um, it's a telephone number, 48156342. It's coordinates of where the people are located. If you go to Google Earth and type in the length, latitude, longitude, Google Earth will reposition itself to an area in the South Pacific, just southwest of a tiny island called Cosray. Could this be where the island is hidden? Um, it's what the world population was at some point in 1984, the same <laughs> date as George Orwell's dystopian novel. Uh, blah, 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 Bible psalm things. Um, <laughs> blah, 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 Shakespeare. Now, you know, decent theories, but I love the island one especially. Uh, but my question then is, how is that any different to just more appearance of the numbers in the show? Like, we're going to see the numbers pop up more. So, like, that's not answers. None of those are answers. That's my problem with the numbers is there's no way you can answer this. Like, that's just more appearances of the numbers. You just can't answer why these things are cursed. Um, but I know we're going on, but, you know, we just got to talk about the numbers because this is the episode for it. But have you ever heard of the Valenzetti equation? Uh, I heard about it when you said to me before this episode, Ben, remind me to, uh, to talk about the Valenzetti <laughs> equation. That's about it. Um, so basically, one thing Lost doesn't get enough credit for is it was kind of like a multimedia TV show in that I never had internet when this episode aired at home, but there was actually like Lost games online, like not, not video games, but like follow the clues type game and get secret videos and they told stories and stuff. Like, it was really, like, a multi-platform TV show. Like, and they even were airing Dharma Initiative advertisements on television. I don't think we got them in Australia, but in America, they during the ad break, they would air Dharma ads. And, like, they were doing all this cool stuff. And during Season 2, they did this game called The Lost Experience, and it kind of showed more background of the Dharma Initiative. Um, and one of the kind of things we got here is the Valenzetti equation, Uh and this was kind of background kind of mythology of loss, which I wish they put in the show, but they never did. Um, but it's canon, though. Uh, so it's a mathematical equation developed by Enzo Valenzetti. And its creation was the results of efforts made following the Cuban Missile Crisis by the United States and Soviet Union to find a solution to the hostility and danger of imminent global disaster created by the Cold War. The equation was secretly commissioned through the UN Security Council and is used to predict the time of human extinction. So pretty much this equation would predict a date for the end of the human race. Um, right. It predicts the exact number of years and months until humanity extinguishes itself. Uh, now, this isn't real. This is all kind of made-up backstory lore. Um, and where this ties in is one of the reasons that the Dharma Initiative were on the island is because they were investigating all these weird properties that the island had in an effort to change that number. So they wanted... So the Dharma Initiative were broadcasting 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42, over and over on this radio tower. Russo mentions it. And the idea, kind of, of the Dharma's work is that they would hope to actually change this number. So this was broadcasting as a reminder of this will be the extinction of the human race. And we're investigating time and we're investigating healing properties on the island in the hope that we would be able to change the date of human extinction. Um, now, 
I'd never played the game. I didn't have internet at the time. I've done some reading on it. I think there are people listening who would do a much, much better way of explaining uh, what the Valenzetti equation is. But pretty much, there you go. There is the background of the numbers, and that's canon. And I wish they put it in the show, because I kind of like the backstory there. Um, so, yeah, doomsday equation, pretty much. Um, so that's what the numbers so are. <laughs> that's what the numbers are they are an equation that predicts the extinction of the human race which i really like i think that's kind of a cool mystery in itself um so there's the backstory that which is canon it just wasn't in the show the problem is that's an answer to what the numbers are but that's still not an answer as to are these cursed mm. um that's my point with this long-winded thing is we know we now know from this game that was airing in season two the background of the numbers, but we're never going to be able to ever explain. Like you said, aliens come and told Jacob, blah, 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 blah. Um, so we have the background of the numbers, but we're never going to have that full answer. But there you go. I, I don't know if everyone knows about the Valenzetti equation, if that's kind of news to some people, but I, I kind of like it that they had this game and it kind of gave some more background to Dharma and the numbers. Um, so, yeah, There's, the Valenzetti um, equation. The, on, on the numbers page on Lostpedia, it's got... Unanswered questions. For fan theories about these unanswered questions, see numbers theories. But there is four questions here, which also has a little box next to it, which says, do not answer the questions here. Keep the questions open-ended and neutral. Do not suggest an answer. Um, so the four questions I have, why do they cause bad luck to anyone who uses them? How can they be changed, if at all? Outside of Jacob's use of the numbers on the cave wall, is their use on and off the island random, intentional, or fated? Uh, and why were the numbers broadcasting from the radio tower in the first place? Um... And then there's real-world occurrences here um, that the numbers in the Irish lottery on the 11th, uh, 16th of November were very close um, to the numbers. They were reversed. Um, because of the increasing popularity on the show, the numbers are one of the most frequently played number sets in lotteries in recent years. Um, the Bulgarian lottery, they were drawn twice, um, apparently... Um, and, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of occasions here about this. The first man, what's this got to do with anything? The first man in space, Yuri Gagarin, orbited the Earth for 108 minutes. What? Um. <laughs> That's the total number of the numbers combined. Oh, okay, there we go, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, um, uh, then, and, yeah, there's a few, like, lotto ones here, but anyway, so there you go. Um, and we cool. should just quickly say as well, the numbers themselves are different occurrences. They they were just random, like, they look back, like, oh, Jack was in seat 23, there was four of this, eight of this, and then 42 was a tribute to Hitchhiker's Guide to Galaxy, because, of course, the answer to life, the universe, and everything is 42. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I really like the numbers mystery. I think it's so clever. But, you know, we went on a bit, but now we've got the numbers kind of talk out of the way going forward in the show. So we're going to go back. Back to the island. That joke never gets old. We have to go back! Um, there, we really need a sound clip. We do, if we only didn't break <laughs> copyright with that. Um, <laughs> we get Jin and Hugo, Hurley. Uh, <laughs> I just love Hurley here. You want nothing? You want to make a snowball? <laughs> um, and uh, Michael obviously points out that, you know, oh, no, he wants you to make it tighter, and in comes Jack, hero Jack. Um, can I just point out, Yes. Jack, Jack's backpack, like, is this just the extra character on this show? <laughs> like, he's always carrying his little nifty little backpack. 
<laughs> I mean, I feel like we've kind of been noting here with Jack. I feel like Jack is all talk and no show because I feel like it's a recurring thing in these episodes where he just shows up to the boat just to say something. Like, <laughs> I wrote in my notes, Jack shows up being useless again. Like, <laughs> he's just showing up like, how are you doing with the raft, Michael? Like, it's becoming a recurring. Like, Jack really doesn't get a ton to do in, like, some of these middle episodes. Well, I mean, the thing is, like, um, it's another very famous TV Jack, Jack Bauer. They, like, the fans of 24 had an ongoing thing about Jack's bag. Like, he actually was, his actual, like, they had, like, a Wikipedia page for it and everything. Because, you know, it was kind of like um, Tony Almeida had this coffee mug with the Chicago Cubs logo on it. So, it was called Cubby. So, like, the fans adopted it as, a, like, a side character in 24. So, they did that with Jack Pack's, Jack Bauer's, like, man bag. Uh, so, like, it was, it, read about it, it's a thing. Um, so, I love how he, like, Jack's backpack is a thing, I think, here now, as well as showing up and being useless. Um, and we also find out that there's people guarding this raft 24 hours a day. So, who? Who's doing this? Boone? <laughs> yeah, hopefully not Boone. I'll do it. No, you won't, Boone. It's all good. <laughs> you lost that chance, Boone. Um, Jack wants, because uh, they're basically talking about, oh, yeah, maybe when we're out there, we probably won't see boats and we might need to make some sort of signal. Now you're thinking of this. Hmm, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Jack, little old useless Jack, has got something to do. So he goes and pesters Saeed about getting to the French woman. I love Side's a bit of a Absolutely dick not. Side's a bit of a dick here, isn't he? Like, he's just... I mean, he was kind of tortured by her. But at the same time, like, he just... He loses his temper pretty easily. I don't think even Shannon has, like, nice. reached third base at this point. Because, like, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's you know... He's getting frustrated. It's like, you know, tell me, tell me how to find her. I don't know. And then, like, you know, Hurley, like, oh... Um, tell, dude, tell us where to, f- you don't want to, or, you know, I don't know what, they, what this means! <laughs> You're just yelling at them. <laughs> no, Saeed is not dick of the week. We'll get to I'm not of dick of the week. week, but he's just dick of the, this scene. Like, it's just, you know. Yeah, it's because Shannon's not, Shannon's not giving out. He's getting yeah. a bit frustrated. <laughs> Shannon and him are having issues right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we, we hear the words dark territory. Does that sound like somewhere no. you want to go? Yes. <laughs> they could be emo. Uh, I mean, he has a point of where she is. There's a place for duck territory. You know, give him some slang. Hurley's been just shoved the maps in front of him, which he's looking through the papers, and that's when he sees the numbers for the first time. Uh, that obviously leads us into the flashback. Uh, from there, we get Saeed asleep. Creepy Hurley. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just love that. He's like, hi, you awake? (laughs) (laughs) I am now. I just love that logic of that question. Like, it's not even like a TV thing that they do. Like, it's even a real life thing. Like, it's kind of like if you've ever slept next to somebody and like they roll over and like that question you ask of, are you awake? Like, I remember Louise used to ask that me. I used to be like, no. (laughs) What what are you meant to do with that? If you don't answer, then no, you're not awake. If you answer, you're awake. Like, it's kind of, you know. Um, But, yeah, I just kind of like how he's like talking like, oh, did you figure out this stuff and uh, coordinates and uh, what does he say? Like, oh, why are you interested in Rousseau? I'm not. Good night. (laughs) Um. But I love that, when he tells Jack off later for that. You get Hurley to do your dirty work. <laughs> yeah, this is like the one part where Jack's innocent. <laughs> Jack's like, Dude, what are you talking about? Um, I, I like was just it. walking around being useless. What do you mean? I, I then like it, uh, the next scene we get. Um, oh, I mean, Hurley steals one of the maps, by the way. Uh, then Hurley in the cave, in comes Charlie. 
Hey, man. What? I'm not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's me. That is me, too. Uh, it's just like, you know, oh, I'm just going to go find a new fishing spot. And, you know, Charlie's just being all boon at this point. Like, I'll come with you. It's like, dude, I really want some alone time right now. <laughs> and he's like, got all these water bottles. Uh, just, you know, hanging out there. Why not? Um, meanwhile, meanwhile, back at camp, um, he's Claire, just chilling on the beach, being useless. <laughs> when he comes lock. Having amnesia. <laughs> yeah. What happened to her amnesia? It's like, this is forgotten about. Um, Locke's all like, can you help me? And he's like, oh, I'm nine months pregnant, which is a good point. Like, you know, I don't think she can do it. Oh, can you move a saw? Can you do this? Like, I love, I almost sent you a message like, keep an eye out on Locke's hand gestures because he's like can you help me can you do this yeah like, i was his hand around like, Whoa, lock. Bo- Bo- boone's not here right now can you do this like <laughs> uh, Boone, they couldn't pay boone for the episode can you do this claire cut to the next scene of claire jerking off jock, <laughs> jock lock. Oh, God, we, did, we didn't need to hear that yes we did uh, <laughs> everyone has the fact that you said john just made it worse for some reason i looked into the eye of this island Ah! <laughs> oh, God, my baby, me. my baby was born this way. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I oh. don't know how babies are made. I, I've never done that. Um. So then we have. Uh, sometimes I just really need to not talk. Um. This is the bit where you're talking about. Um. Sayid, where are the maps? You get Tony to do your dirty work. <laughs> What a, he's a bit of a diva this episode, Saeed. He's not yeah, a diva, he's, he's a diva. Of the, deeper of the <laughs> Deer of the I'm going back to my camp. Oh. Yeah, that's our new award, Diva of the Week. <laughs> yeah, we've got Dick or Diva. <laughs> this week on the Oz Network, who is a dick and who is a diva? Yeah. Uh, so Saeed is the Diva of the Week. You get turned to do your dirty work? Uh, I just love Jack's reaction. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. In comes Charlie. Uh, you know, oh, yeah, I saw him. He's acting like a loon. I really can't do a Charlie accent. No. <laughs> so they all realise that he's off going to find um, Russo. This leads us to our concerning Shannon scene. Uh, when will you be back? You worry about mildly me. Flirting. So what if I am? This isn't mildly flirting. This is just, like, shit flirt. This is, like... <laughs> Like, I flirt more with the computer in front of me right now, and it's more sexual chemistry, which, well, I mean, that's another story, but, like, this is just, ugh. I just, I don't know what it is. Like, this is just cringeworthy still. Uh, <laughs> I've written here. Yeah, I didn't write any notes other than mildly flirting. Well, I've written, so what if I am, touches her, ugh. <laughs> that's what I've written. <laughs> like, oh, someone please give me the, the edited cut of this relationship edited from the show. <laughs> Um, I literally love here on Lostpedia. Um, what is it? As Jack and Charlie prepare to leave, Syed says goodbye to Shannon, who is worried about Syed going. When Syed asks her if she's worried about him, Shannon asks, so what if I am? Syed tells her that he will be fine. (laughs) 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 Um, this is where we get that cool little shot, as I mentioned before, of Hurley walking on the beach with the gangster out. Uh, but then we kind of get like, it's like a really small little scene in between flashbacks here when he finds the cord on the beach and then he's like... Yo, French chick! <laughs> <laughs> Which is a common known thing. If you speak to a French person, they will have sex with you. Uh, so, actually, walking through the jungle, uh, following this uh, this cable... Um, uh, actually, no, this is the Sawyer scene of um, first inkling that he's got a headache. 
Uh, <laughs> she's like, keep it down. Uh, and it's like, oh, is me building the raft to get you off this island disturbing you? <laughs> Dick Michael. Um, <laughs> and Dick Sawyer. Like, uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm, I am helping short round. That's I love Walt. Walt, fucking little shit. Yeah, what's your problem? Like, shut up, Walt. <laughs> You're a jerk. <laughs> You're a jerk. <laughs> I love that, though, short round. That's Went to great. the Emily DeRaven School of Acting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she probably is an acting teacher now, let's face it. Oh, probably. Oh, let's learn from the esteemed Australian actress who was in Lost. I mean, let's like, be honest, we would go to that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's where Once Upon a Time actors go to die, becoming <laughs> acting coaches. We, we have, there's an acting school in Hobart, I don't know if you know that, um, and I actually am friends with the lady who owns it. She's actually been in several TV shows and... Oh, I was going to say, I am an acting coach. <laughs> yes, I secretly am an acting coach. <laughs> I'm you, bullshit. Have you, have you seen that? <laughs> Don't you start like, this random dig into bed again. Like, oh, who would you like, like to see your daughter? You! <laughs> this would be a great reveal if Ben Waterworth was just a character. Like, that's not even your name. The whole thing. It would make so much sense. That would be the perfect answer to all my unanswered questions. Here, like if you cons- were a character. I'm this very conservative, like, you know, person <laughs> married with, like, three kids. In a yeah, it would home. make so much sense. Like, all my, all my questions and worries about the universe would just all come together if I found that you were, in fact, a character. Well, Noah, hello. My name is actually Rod. And uh, this is the... <laughs> Rod, Rod Davidson. <laughs> I'm actually Marge. Uh, not Marge, Martha. That's a name. You make your own luck, Noah. <laughs> so if, if I was really Rod and this was all a character, can I still date your daughter? <laughs> so, well, Rod Davidson can date my daughter, but you have to divorce your wife first. Um, you leave but, yeah, out so, of this. So I don't know, is Rod Davidson your alter ego or is Ben Waterworth the alter ego? I'm confused. Ooh, put that in our unanswered question. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Keep, keep I'm, lo- I'm looking slightly to the left and you hear flashback. <laughs> I hope you don't get like kind of split personality thing where I have to pick between Ben or Rod because I, I won't do it. <laughs> You'll find out in the coming days as we film The Brink Unleashed 8, Homecoming, already released, because this episode is recorded beforehand, but released in 2018. Starring Rod Davis. Family man, Rod Davis. (laughs) Hobart acting coach. My point of that acting school bit, uh, you've seen the movie Arctic Blast when Hobart gets destroyed (laughs) by... (laughs) So she's in that. Sarah Cooper is the name. I'm sorry to hear. Cooper Screen Academy, if you haven't heard of it, a bit of advertising for Cooper Screen Academy. Um, <laughs> but, like, again, like, no disrespect. I love you, Sarah, but no one's done anything from your school. But, like, they keep getting uh, Home and Away actress Lisa Gormsley. Uh, Gormley, she was uh, Bianca on Home and Away. She's, like, their headline actress. Like, oh, come learn from a Home and Away actor. So I'm just waiting for them to, like, advertise. Come learn from Emily DeRaven. She was in Lost. <laughs> <laughs> or oh, TV is Kimberly Joseph. <laughs> hey, I'd go to that. <laughs> yeah, I would go to that too. Come learn from TV Lost Martha. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Australian. <laughs> learn how to do the Australian accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're they're going to get Doug or something. <laughs> Doug. Good old Doug. Um, Lost Doug. Lost Doug. <laughs> He probably goes to conventions. You go along the table, like, you, you know, there's Matthew Fox, there's Evangeline Lilly, there's Doug. 
<laughs> um, where are we up to? Um, oh, yeah. So, <laughs> what's your problem? Shut up, Walt. We get random son and Kate because, you know, we can't get Boone who's going to be dead in two episodes. So we need... yeah, Why can't we have Boone and son? Yeah, but what, what, Boone and son would be a good pairing. Um, <laughs> yeah, make that happen. But, you know, son and Kate. Can I just say that, like, I love Kate. I love son. This has to be one of the worst acted scenes so far of Lost. I humiliated him. <laughs> he'll, he'll come around, son. I've written here, they mildly flirt. <laughs> Do you think he'll go on the raft? Is that when they ask that? Is that this episode? Right? Yeah, yeah, that's that scene. And Kate's like, I don't know. Yeah, it's terrible. It's so bad. They went to Emily DeRaven's Cooper Screen Academy. <laughs> <laughs> With special guest, Rod Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway hey I'm Rod <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> stop quoting the Hulk no <laughs> this is where you've got to say to me your Noah Gross famous line who are you <laughs> what are you doing followed by ah Mary scream we haven't had one of them in a while um, anyway speaking of screams Hurley's on a pressure pad um, and this I love is that where... he goes to just walk off straight away yeah like the ball that's up there too like you think Hurley's gonna eat it um, but like of course you know conveniently Saeed and Jack and Charlie just happen to show up like where is why isn't Boone on this track Boone this is screams Boone all over this track and where uh, is Boone? Because he's not helping Locke. He's not on this trek. He's getting ready to die. <laughs> he's not helping with the raft. He's tending to his house in Honolulu. He's writing his will. He's just got four. He's writing his will. <laughs> Shannon, have everything. <laughs> um, but, like, is the dick of the week Charlie? Because Charlie, like, every single yeah, moment, Charlie, there's, like, a reference yeah, to his weight. Like, he's, like, standing on the pressure pad. Charlie's a, a massive dick of the week. But in the way, like, he just, there's so little subtle digs. Like, he's on the pressure pad. It's like, we need to shift his weight. Oh, really? How are we going to do that? <laughs> like, what does he, what's Hurley say? Like, dude. And even when they go over the bridge, it's like, well, if he can oh, do it. Bridge, <laughs> fuck you, yeah, Charlie. <laughs> and then at the end, we'll get to the end scene. But Charlie is absolute dick at the wheel. Yeah, Charlie, Dick, Saeed, Diva. There we go. I mean, he just killed a guy, but still, dick at the wheel. I like Hurley here, like, oh, I think I can make it. And they're like, don't move. And he, like, dives and he gets it out of there. I mean, that's like a weird contraption thing. Um, and then... It would just bounce off Hurley, wouldn't it? <laughs> Probably. Um, I love, I've written... You know, here, I'm I, allowed to make that... I'm fat, so I'm allowed to make that joke. So and I'm fatter you than you, so, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> so people go, no, 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 tweeting Jorge Garcia. We're allowed to make the joke. Yeah, Noah and I, we are allowed to make fat jokes, okay? Fat people can do that, all right? Simple. My acting as a fat also, person... Charlie's doing it, so... Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, then yeah, you're they wearing ask... a suit. Rod yeah. Davidson is, like, really buff. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually successful in picking up your friends in that way. Um, <laughs> hi, Emily, if you're listening. But uh, I wonder, can Emily go to the Emily DeRaven school? That would work out well. Emily and Emily. Like, you know? No? Never mind, he's gone quiet on me I'm, now. I'm not, I'm not giving you the time of the day. I'm not giving you the time of the day. <laughs> he's like, Ben, move on, all right? The joke's old now. Um, he tells uh, the gang of merry men... Like you. <laughs> what? Um, he... 
I missed that reference. He's going to get the battery. Uh, and Saeed, oh, I'll take the lead. You know, Diva Saeed. He's got to be out in front. Uh, then they get to the rope bridge, which apparently has its own I'm article. I'm surprised Jack didn't get leadership complex. So. Well, I mean, Jack really does not do a lot in this episode, does he? You're right. Yeah, like, you know, he's he just got to be there. I think he smoked a joint or something before this. Because normally he'd be like, no, I'm taking the lead. I'm a doctor. Uh, typical Lostpedia. There's an article on rope bridge. Uh, the I rope, bridge. rope bridge. Who built rope bridge? Who, who, who built this? Uh, <laughs> so the, the article explains it. Then it's got trivia. The producers truly stated that they would never give story time to reveal the construction of this bridge. Okay. Um, <laughs> for fan oh, no, theories... the numbers are now the bridge. Hang on a second, Noah. There's a theories page on the rope bridge. And holy shit, there's like eight points on this one. Um, could be a remnant of the old civilization responsible for the statue of the temple. Jacob built it, was built by Dharma in order to reach a certain station quicker. Charlie could be correcting his assumption that Russo and a team built it. The reason it fell apart when Charlie crossed it and not when Hurley did was due to the Hurley's curse of bringing harm onto others instead of himself, which was a heavy theme during the episode. Maybe also Charlie's destined to die. This could also tie in with how Charlie was hung up by a rope and tree by Ethan. Charlie was destined to die because he technically died for some time until Jack resuscitated him when Ethan hung him from the tree. And Charlie had to close brushes with death before then, such as nearly being hit by debris and the plane in the pilot episode, it seems he was destined to die from the beginning. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Rope Bridge is not going to be on our unanswered questions, or our questions at the end. Rope Bridge, control, uh, constructed by, unknown, controlled by, no one, collapsed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, rest in peace. Oh, should we, should we give a eulogy here to the Rope Bridge? <laughs> Born, unknown, died, Very the Boon Hill. <laughs> oh, the Boon Bridge. Um, <laughs> um, I love, I love how like um, they're there all talking and like all Charlie's all like, guys, you got to come see this, and you kind of got this like they're all staring at something like, oh, what is it? Like, you know, is it like the whole country of France here with the French woman like dubbed over in German for the German? Like, I don't know. Like, it's they're all there. It's a rope bridge. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's it's not- cool though. I like it. I love Hurley when he's just like, I just love, bit of a Dick Hurley moment here, which I love. Like, it's funny Dick Hurley. They all, he crosses the bridge, like, no, I'll do it. Crosses the bridge, completely fine. Dick Charlie, like, oh, if he can do it, gets across across the bridge, it collapses. They're all happy, happy, happy. Then we kind of get weirdly over-aggressive Jack the leader. (laughs) Stay there, I'll come around and find it. Uh, And then, you know, uh, Hurley's just basically like, no, man, it's cool, I'll go. Just like, oh, I love Hurley. No, no, it's a party. I'm just going to go. Yeah, and then I, Dick Charlie. Yeah, oh, fucking Charlie. Oh, you bloody daft, mate. Like, <laughs> Listen to up. Jack. You're acting like a lunatic. Uh, <laughs> so cool. Um, but uh, <laughs> written here like a lunatic. Oh, back to Claire and Locke. She's finished jerking him off because now they're building something. Uh, well, she does say, what is this gunk? So, you know. <laughs> is, is, oh, is Locke about to juju paste Claire? I think he juju paste like, Claire all in her hand. Uh, he's like gonna, she's gonna have visions of her like child dying or something. Like. Well, like Claire's like not the um, smartest pair in the bush. Like she wouldn't know how the baby was created. So if she's doing that to Locke, of course she's gonna like. What's his gun? Uh, what, what does she say? <laughs> like, like she really isn't the brightest. What does she say? Like, y- you believe you in that? No, later on she's like, oh, you believe in that? Uh, what is it, Lark, or what does she say? Um, 
Yeah, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> oh, like your baby and you are going to be born close together or something. That's good. Luck. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Oh, that? That's good luck. luck. <laughs> like she's like, oh, finally someone else is saying crazy shit on this one. I'm like, she gets into that weird horoscope stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of like alluded to slightly, but you don't get a whole lot of that recently, do you? With her whole, you know, whatever. Being nuts. But I love how he's like made glue. With rendered animal fat. Um, sure. I love how like, Locke's turning into the island Ricky Lake or something like that. Dishing relationship advice. Now he's here building <laughs> baby Making... cribs. Next you'll be in Sun's garden. <laughs> yeah. No wonder he wants a few hand jobs in the bushes. Um, then we have Saeed and Jack chilling and walking around. And I-, I don't get Saeed here. This looks familiar. Like I just want Jack to be a dick here and be like, what, this tree? Like, I mean, it's kind of like they're in the jungle. Then all of a sudden he treads on something. Boom! Um, I, I do love like, this. I love the music that plays in the background. That's awesome. Um, and then it kind of cuts back and what Jack's like, oh, you know, oh, what sort of security system is that? That, you know, you trip and it blows up. And it's like, she knew. He, she booby-trapped it. She knew that we would be back. Um, That's a neat little twist, I think. Well, I mean, it makes perfect sense, doesn't it, really? But um, she had a great little house going on there. Like, that's 16 years of waste there. Yeah, bloody hell. Uh, they, meanwhile, uh, Charlie and Hurley are trying to go back to... We've got to go back to find their blown bodies, but then they start getting shot at. This is where, obviously, Hurley's like about to tell him about the numbers. It's like I love how they just... I don't know, after the first shot, they're like, did somebody just shoot at us? And then all of a sudden, like, bang! And they start running. You know, Hurley turns into a sane bolt. Uh, <laughs> so... Um, yeah, which is, which is funny. Uh, then Hurley trips down, he's got a gun, uh, and it's Rousseau. Yay, she's back. Uh, she's not getting, notice how she doesn't get all touchy-feely with Hurley. She doesn't like her men big. Oh, uh, oh poor Hurley. Um, she's you know, like, oh, you, you are pregnant too. <laughs> Give me the ba- baby. When is baby due? <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> I had a baby once. I had my baby, my baby. Uh, <laughs> I love this scene between yeah. Russo and Hurley. It's so I, good. I, I like oh, it. He, amazing. Yeah, he holds the numbers up and it's kind of like, what do these mean? And she just says, I don't know. I just, this little rant that Hurley goes on. Like, oh, so oh, I tolerate so much. There's that, the monster thing. Maybe it's a pissed off giraffe. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I love that. Maybe it's a pissed off giraffe. <laughs> uh, but I can really relate to Hurley here, though, when he talks about, like, I just go along with it because I'm along for the ride. Good old fun time, Hurley. Yeah. Um, I feel like, you know, I was lucky. I was never kind of teased for being overweight in high school or anything like that. I was a lucky one, I guess. Um, but I did sometimes get that feeling, whether or not people intended it or not, that I was kind of just maybe not taken the most seriously, just along for the ride. Good old fun time, Noah. Um, so I, I can relate to him here. Like, I, I think I'm a bit less useless than Hurley is sometimes, but I'm not the leader of an island now. But um, I don't know if you can relate to it, but this whole rant about I'm just along for the ride and, you know, no one treats me as the leader or no one's, like feeling me up like Saeed, like 
just good old fun time Hurley. I, I can relate to him here, I feel. Yeah, well, as Ron, I definitely, uh, Ron, whatever Ron. it is. <laughs> Ron's my oh, other no, alter ego. Up. Ron is also an alter ego. Ron is the real... <laughs> I have three. Um, no, I, I, I do, like, for sure. I definitely can relate to this as well. And, like, Hurley is one of the characters throughout this entire season that I show that I think I can, you know, different characters here and there, you relate to certain elements of their lives. And... And, um, yeah, definitely Hurley in this bit. But just, like, when he's like, oh, I want some freaking answers. Oh, um, but we that obviously... is really the voice of the audience here. Hurley throughout yeah. the whole show is the voice. <laughs> and then that's kind of a meta line there. Now, I want some freaking answers. But we hit, we learn about the radio tower at the Black Rock. Uh, we, we learn a little bit more about Russo's ill-fated voyage. Um, never find out about the numbers. And this is kind of the, the bit there where she sort of talks about, like, oh, the island brought me here with the numbers and it brought you here too. So I suppose you're right, they're cursed. And then just his reaction, like, thank you, I've been waiting for someone so long to see it. The funniest bit, can I just point out, when he goes to hug her, do you notice the awkwardness when they cut away? Like, her arms, like, flail weirdly. She's like, wow! <laughs> Like she's been on an island for 16 years and she's disgusted by Hurley. That's just sad. I just love when somebody make a gif of just the moment he puts his arms around her and just the way her arms are like, ah! Like ragdoll. Well, hey, it's just so good in this scene, though, because he goes from comedy to sad to yep. serious to angry to happy. He really goes through the whole range in this one scene. And, you know... I mean, I I love Mira Ferlin as Rousseau, but he definitely shows her up. Um, but it's, it's fun to see Rousseau back, though, for the second time. Yeah, she's shaved since the last time. Um, what? Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, back at her blown-up house, uh, they're digging through the remains, and, oh, Saeed, what's this? Oh, a photo of the woman that you love that you're trying to find. Oh, what have you been doing recently? I'm oh, just banging yeah. a hot blonde chick. Like He was feeling guilty looking at that photo, wasn't he? <laughs> Oh my god, like this just makes it I just hate the the fact they randomly throw this in there. It's like aren't we meant to be forgetting that she yeah. poor old Nadia exists because he's banging Shannon? Like, <laughs> why? You know? Yeah, I agree. Uh, anyway, so then Charlie comes running in, uh he's saying someone's shooting at us, uh then he's like, Oh, we're gonna go back and find it. So, oh no, if we all go, if I'll go, we all go. Uh and then Hurl is like, Go where? And he's like, Need a battery. She says hey. Like, <laughs> I like that little bit where she says that to say, and, you know, Jack the Hero's done his job. He has his little smirk, and he's like, ha-ha, <laughs> Hero's work's done today, ta 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 da He did nothing on this whole trip. He's the Indiana Jones in the Raiders of the Lost Ark of this one. You write him out of this whole storyline. It's just not, you know, Matthew Fox just needed his paycheck that week. Yeah. Um, cool. Poor Ian Summerhold is sitting there. <laughs> he's behind the camera, like, trying to, like, put me on camera, put me on camera. No, Ian. Ian, no. Boone's there, like, holding, like, the reflector or something. He's like, <laughs> he needs some sort of job. Powdering Matthew Fox's nose. Or he's, like, I in the writer's room. But what if, what if Boone's there and, he, like, he fixes the bridge? Like, he, no, Boone. Like, Ian Summerholder is just exactly the same as Boone is. No, Ian. Go and sit down <laughs> over there. The scene where, like, Saeed, Saeed, like, wakes up in the middle of the night. That was written in there because, um, who wrote this episode? Uh, I've lost it already. Um, David uh, Fury, Brent, yeah, David Fury. David Fury wakes up in the middle of the night. There's Ian Summerholder sitting opposite <laughs> him. Dude, you awake? What is it, Ian? So what if Boone in this episode was... With... No, Boone, go back to your room. 
<laughs> but I don't have a room to go back to your house. You just bought it. <laughs> yeah. David, you just bought it. Smacks to himself. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then he somehow was like, oh, about that, David. Do you want to come over for dinner this weekend? <laughs> uh, I'm busy. <laughs> Ian goes to Matthew Fox. Oh, do you, I'm having a party this week. Oh, sorry, I'm busy. Goes Go- to Emily DeRobin. <laughs> oh, sorry, even I'm busy. Goes to Molly. So, Molly, you're my... No, no, I'm busy. <laughs> Molly Shannon? Mo- well, Molly, what, what's her name? What's she doing in Hawaii? <laughs> Maggie Grace, whatever. <laughs> They're all there. It's a Hollywood... It's a, it's a Hawaiian Hollywood Awards are on that weekend. <laughs> that was, a Rod, the that was a Rod mistake. Sorry, I was thinking of Rod. Uh, Rod's good friends are Rod. <laughs> Classic Ron move. He is always forgetting actors. You know, it's going to get to the point where Ian Summerholder will come on this show one day. And we're like, oh, great, Ian Summerholder. And then, you know, we'll get him on again and again. And then he'll be texting us all the time. Oh, no, I can't get... No, Ian, it's all right. We're just in the five. You're not in it now. Personal Facebook messages. Oh, but I I, I, I was like, really loved that episode. I know I wasn't in the show, but... No, Ian, I'm sorry. I'm, I know the Vampire Diaries are over. <laughs> messages about, oh, can I come on and be your guest to talk about Survivor this week? <laughs> no, Ian. But I could, I could buy a house in Tasmania and I could come to your house and we could do the episodes together. I just uh, bought No, Sam. Ian. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ian, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought we could call it the Boon Network since you like me so much. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's I'm, a good point. I was thinking once a week at the Boone Hour, I could host this show like a spin-off on the Oz Network. No, stories no, about Boone. <laughs> Did you know that in this episode, when I filmed this scene, I was thinking about this? Like, no, this no. is what happens when Boone's not in an episode of Lost. We we have to come up with that. Like he's going to be dead in a few episodes, and we're just going to turn this into like season three, episode seven. Season and what a boom was in this moment? <laughs> the big what if moment. Oh god, bring on Mr. Echo already. Uh, all right. <laughs> um, difference is people like Mr. Echo and remember him. <laughs> oh, Bob Boone. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, Claire and Locke. Mildly flirting. Um, uh, basically, we learn, yeah, giving up for adoption. It's a birthday. Aww. Um I'm, She's pregnant, single, alone on an island. What does my birthday matter out here? I'll lock. Yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Bye. Good night. Okay, thanks. I'll give this cradle to Boone. <laughs> he needs a new bed. <laughs> Boone's a bit of a baby. He can have this. <laughs> That's what he's making it for. It's a joke between him and Boone. Here you go, Boone. You know you had that role play where you wanted to be a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he's built her a cot, a cradle. It's sweet. Like, it's nice. Uh, I love it when she says, all right, I give up. What is it? Like, at that point, you can clearly (laughs) see what it is. (laughs) Ding, 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 Emily (laughs) DeRaven. Claire and Hurley are not the smartest characters around on this island. They're suited with each other, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a sex tape. Um, <laughs> oh, Ben. That's a wrong thing to say. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway, Hurley's now at the fire. Um, and I like that when he's, like, drying his shirt. Charlie. Oh, I know food's scarce, but your shirt? <laughs> oh, Charlie Dick of the Week major in Slussy. 
But I, I do like uh, Hurley's reply. Oh, dude, if you've seen the laundromat around here. Um, so, yeah, Charlie admits that he's a, a drug addict. What do you, say? you think you're the only person with baggage? It's all about me, 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 me. <laughs> Have you heard of Drive Shark? <laughs> yeah. I play bass. <laughs> and guitar on some track. You all, everybody. <laughs> 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 Charlie's high, he's going crazy. No, this is, I want this scene re-edited. You're not the only person with baggage here, mate. Boom, bop this heading. You're not wrong. Shut up, Boone. <laughs> Go to sleep. <laughs> that tennis girl I picked up with didn't return my calls. Go away, Boone. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, but Charlie, dick of the week. Oh, yeah. So we kind of basically, uh, yeah, Hurley says, oh, I think the plane crash is my fault. Uh, and then he pretty much says, back home, I'm worth $156 million. Fine, don't tell me. I bear my soul and all I get is jokes. Walks oh, off. But I mean, like, it kind of say, though, like, in slight defense of Charlie here, like, don't lead with, I'm worth $156 million. Lead with, I won the lottery and I'm worth $156 million. No, no defense of Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no. so... So the dramatic Why do you end. believe him? I don't get it. Like, well, would you believe that if all of a sudden I secretly told you right now, Noah, this Friday we're not actually going around Tasmania. I'm flying you back to Europe because I'm worth $156 million. You wouldn't believe me. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> well, it's not happening. Rod, all right? Rod would do it. Yeah, Rod would. Um, but Rod, Rod doesn't like Noah. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I do like in this episode we get that little character moment where Charlie's like, you haven't told me anything about yourself on this island the whole time we've been here. Like, I like that Hurley kind of secretly. Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of... I mean, we haven't had a flashback, so we don't know anything about Hurley. So it's kind of meta in a way, isn't it? It's like, well, we don't know. Yeah, back home, he's known as a bit of a warrior himself. Yeah. <laughs> We never find out that. Uh, I reckon there's an online gaming thing. He's like a warrior on like Warcraft or something like that. <laughs> um, That's a D&D <laughs> reference. Uh, but anyway, so we obviously end the episode with the kind of the zoom in on the numbers on the hatch. Oh. This was mind-blowing. This was Lost so mind-blowing twist. at the time. Yeah. Like, everyone was like this. Because already this episode was a wild ride. And then just to end it off, like, oh, my God, really? This mm. is, oh, my God. It was mind-blowing. What did you think it meant when you first saw it? I, I had no idea. I was young and dumb. Um, I had no <laughs> idea. Um, yeah, what, I don't know. Did you have any hatch theory, um, numbers theories at the no, time? No, none at all. Uh, it was just <laughs> I'm, I'm out there. I was old and dumb. Like, <laughs> What's your lamb? Um, yeah, it was just... It was too out there to even speculate anything. Like, it was so crazy. I don't know how they came up with this, but I love it, though. I straight away was like, oh, it's the Valerian theory, whatever you said before. <laughs> like, oh, this is what it means. Absolutely. That's it. Ron got it straight away. Um, <laughs> so, you know Boone stuck his head up at that point going, I wrote the numbers. Like, no, you didn't, Boone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what, if, what if the twist was Boone was just bored and he saw these notes and Slade's thing and just scratched it into the hatch? <laughs> Like he's he's walking around. Uh, David, That's what, what he if was I, doing. What if I wrote in this? No, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what a great way to end the episode. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean that kind of leads us into our questions. I mean, does that give us an obvious question at this point? There for our, what are the numbers? Or I mean, given that we can't really answer yeah. that, or do we put that? No, I'd put it there. That is a question. What is up with the numbers I wrote? What um, is the deal with the numbers? <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld's <laughs> title. What is the deal Seinfeld. with the numbers? 
Seinfeld does last. That needs to be like that. <laughs> but there's a hat in the ground. <laughs> what is? I'm going to actually write that. What is the deal with the numbers? <laughs> um, do we want Hurley, anything? Why is he so fat? <laughs> should we? Should we put uh, in regards to Hurley? Like when he said the line of "I put my family through a lot recently." What did well, he I do? just wrote, why was Hurley in the mental hospital, which kind of ties in with that, I guess. Why was Hurley mental? Well, in the <laughs> hospital. He's not crazy. In the, Don't call me crazy, man. Don't tell me what I can't do. <laughs> That's what they should type that in. That's like, they should have a scene there with, like, Locke saying to Hurley, you're crazy. It's like, don't call me crazy. Don't tell me what I can't do. <laughs> <laughs> just back and forth. And then it's going to be like, boom, is like Lisa Simpson when they're all saying their catchphrase. And then... Yes! Uh, Boone's catchphrase, tell Shannon. Uh. <laughs> uh, so that's it. Uh, any more questions at all? Or They were the only two I had. Did you have... Like, we could branch it out, like, why are they on the hatch, blah, 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 blah. Why did Russo hear them on the station? But I feel like what's up with the... What is the deal with the numbers kind of covers all that. Did Claire have a nice birthday? <laughs> uh, I mean, why is Locke angry that they're banging on the raft? <laughs> just so we can come Locke. into the next... Uh, not Locke, uh, what's his name? Sawyer. Like, should we just have that so we can answer a question in the next episode? <laughs> Bill <Nah>. Smart. <laughs> uh, all right, what are we doing with this episode? Buying it, renting it, binning it. Uh, I'm going to buy it. it. But, you know, it should be a classic, and I feel like it gets forgotten, but it's just so much fun, but it's also serious. I feel like Jorge's kind of speech at the end kind of mixes this up. It's sad, it's serious, it's funny. Um, the island stuff is good, as well as the flashback. And, yeah, Lost did Donkey Wheel, Frozen, Moving Island, Time Travel later on, so now the numbers seem like child's play. But at the time, this was water cooler discussion. Uh, and I love Leonard Sims, and he got the numbers, Sam Toomey and Kalgoorlie. And, you know, it was worth the wait for the Hurley. I think it was a great payoff. Um, and Rousseau's back, and the numbers on the hatch cliffhanger. So, yeah, I'm going to buy numbers. It, it should be remembered much higher than it really is. I agree with you. I'm buying it as well. So that means we've both bought four in a row, five, three in a row, I should say, um, which is back to the beginning pretty much, isn't it? I didn't buy Outlaw. Uh, you didn't? I rented the L. Well, why have I got here by and that you... What did you do with the in-translation? What have I done? Here? I bought that. <laughs> You're just making up my rankings. <laughs> just, just telling you what you're doing. Don't tell me what I can't do. <laughs> uh, whatever the case may be. Oh, yeah, no, I love that. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Hard to mind. Yeah. Uh, okay, no, you're right. Um, I Yeah, cool. I'm done. Awesome. So uh, that means uh, that we now move into episode nine. I don't want to do next episode. I can't uh, do it. Not no. quite the end. But it pretty much is. <laughs> and they didn't even show him in his third last episode. It's so criminal. I can't do it. Um, what is it? Do- Doz X Machina? Do- Doz X Machina? <laughs> fucking... Deus. Deus X Machina. Yep. Deus X Machina. Oh, stop. Deus, Deus X Machina. Oh. <laughs> Uh, we're going to lock an uh, episode, um, which I like the next episode, except for the last five minutes of it. <laughs> just, 
Yeah, I like, I like it too. I feel like we're really in the home stretch now where there's only probably one more bad episode to come left in the whole season, and it's a Kate one. Um, so, yeah, there's some great episodes coming up, and this is kind of setting the end game up for the show uh, for season one. It's a really good one. <sighs> yeah, we're going to have to talk about it. Um, yeah, if you like the show, like us on Facebook. Uh, if you like Ron, find him on Facebook. Um, if you <laughs> He's want- got a Twitter. Follow him. At Ron's opinion. At Ron. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) And at Ron. Ron and Rod. They're besties. Um, If you're in Hobart and you want to learn acting, uh, Cooper Screen Academy um, (laughs) is your only option, so you don't have any other choice. Come to my house. I'll teach how to act. Um, uh, Yeah, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. And um, you can do all that. It's fun because I said so. Uh, but yeah, this has been the Oz Network. This has been our Lost Recap. Uh, my name is Ben. Uh, I'm pregnant, single, and alone on an island in the middle of nowhere, a.k.a. Rod. Ron, whoever it is. <laughs> uh, and my name's Nora, and I'm off to the zoo to buy a pissed-off giraffe. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.